Matthias, let's just take a second to talk about our Patreon channel. Obviously, a lot of people love the show, and we get a lot of messages from people asking us how to uh, support us and help us grow the podcast. Now, Patreon is obviously, without doubt, the best way to do it. It really helps us grow the show, helps us pay people who help us out, helps us you know, keep shining the job, the, the editor behind the scenes. Um, why do you, want to, do you want to just let people know what they get, some of the perks? Yeah, I mean, we offer so many interesting extra things for Patreons. So we, we have a bonus episode, um, we do Q&As, and we're also looking into other ways of like getting um, our Patreon supporters special access to some of my um, very deep and fantastic knowledge and such things. Yeah, you're wanting to introduce some, uh, not one-on-one, but small small group lectures on specific subjects, which I think would be amazing. Patrons would absolutely love that. I would absolutely love that. You know, half an hour topic of you just ranting without me interrupting on a subject <laughs> has to be has to be perfect. You know, who's not going to, to love that? Yeah, yeah. Like things, you know, we talk about on the podcast, maybe like we mentioned something about Viking ships or something that has to do with the mythology and, and people want to know more about that. And then we can like dig deep into that for like 30 minutes in a, in, in a short lecture. I think a lot of people would find that very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, let's not forget anybody who signs up to the Patreon at any level is going to get a bonus episode every week. Um, it's either going to be the story time episode that we do with Jonas Lorenzen which you have to agree with is, is one of the funniest times you must have all week. It is brilliant. He does. It is amazing. Good job. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> it is. And then the other, the other episode, we're still undecided hundred percent on what it, it's going to be, but it looks like it's going to be a conversational type episode where me and Mateus just get a little bit more personal about ourselves, but also we're going to get, let people have the chance to ask questions, Q and a, whether it's about the podcast or about us. And um, you're going to be able to put your question to us through Patreon then we're going to have a, a little bonus episode where we explore those and people get a little bit more interactive with those, which I think would be fun for the, for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I feel like I'm seeing with our audience is that they really like to be interactive with us. So we're trying to offer as many opportunities on our platform to do that outside of social media otherwise because that, that can get a little little much sometimes <laughs> yeah there we go i mean honestly if you just jump over to uh patreon forward slash naughty mythology podcast you can have a look at all the different tiers we've got there they start from five dollars up to twenty dollars and you can cancel at any point you can try it out for a month listen to the old episodes listen to the old story time episodes cancel if you don't enjoy it and and there we go, but we were more than sure confident that you'll uh, you'll like what you hear. Welcome to our mythology podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns of Odin. And I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. This time we are just us talking about, yeah, cleanliness and hygiene and stuff like that. Um, just the two of us. <laughs> just the two of us. <laughs> I like these ones. These are, these are my favorite. Um, if I sound odd, I apologize. I'm out on the road again. I feel like I'm out and about all the time at the minute. 
It sounds exciting, man. There's a little bit of the London buzz in the background. I heard a honking horn. You know, <laughs> you, like... you hear a few things, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, London. I've been. I feel like I've been all over. I, I was in uh, Clendudno and saw Sean Parry a few days ago. Got some new tattoos. Um, yeah. Tattooed my ear around the rim of my ear. I got the runes from the Usaberg ship that say "Man knows little," which I thought was. <laughs> I thought that was very apt for me. Anyway, I thought that was very fitting. <laughs> I like um, it. I think it's cool. <laughs> I got another. I got another finger tattooed, of course, and then um, I got some more on my my leg done on my Latin style, like Celtic leg piece. Cool. And you also have been getting tattooed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a little bind rune on my bicep, um, on my my left arm. Um, yeah, it's my son's name. In a bind rune, so mm-hmm. let's get that uh, done over the weekend. Looks good. How's it healing? Yeah. I, I think it's healing just fine. Um, uh, it's uh, actually one of our longtime fans, Guy Anderson, who's a tattoo artist down in Colorado Springs, um, who uh, who came up and uh, tattooed me in my uh, in my own living room. <laughs> oh wow! Oh yeah. nice. That's so, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was it hand was it hand poked or was it machine? No, it was it was machine. Um and yeah, um he did like this cool uh uh you know what do you call it? Like he added some, a little bit of white in it so that mm-hmm. it gets a little pang and pow and Ooh. yes. That's a, there we go. It's, just, yeah. it's a special it's a special one. Mm-hmm, very much yes. And then I don't know. Uh, have you ever had uh, any tattoo artist uh, put on that uh, fake skin, like for healing for you? Oh, I know. Though it's it's the stuff that they use for um, burn, burn victims. victims. Yeah. It's like lets it lets it breathe outwards, but doesn't let anything onto it. I think yeah. I have on my foot. Yeah, yeah. When I had my when I had my foot tattoo, because obviously you're wearing socks and stuff. Yeah, uh, I had that on. Um, yeah. Because he put that on there and, and I had it on for like, you know, half a day. And I was like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> and then I like ripped it off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, could, I couldn't I could do that either. I, my, I, I, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but like when I get mine wrapped up, I take it off as soon as I get home and just wash it. Yeah, I do the same thing. It, just yeah. let it air, air out, mm-hmm. I think, and heal. I just yeah. don't like that, that feeling of it kind of sweating in there. No, it's, um, it's a little, little uncomfortable um but yeah i don't know if i should have uh put it, uh, left it on because you know yesterday i was no was it yesterday it was yesterday or the day the day before i i decided that i needed to do a lot more um a quote-unquote gardening with my chainsaw so oh is that <laughs> so, what you call it call it gardening i call it gardening you know what i'm what it being a man I, Doing I'm being so stuff. much a man. Yes, Doing man stuff. <laughs> Cutting down big ass trees that fall in the um in the storms that we have around here. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, my, my backyard is is pretty much just an acre of woods. So like <laughs> you have to sort of like <laughs> you have to be your own uh uh what do you call that logger or something like that? <laughs> woodcutter. How much wood could cut cut if a wood cut could cut wood? Uh, I think it's okay. I think it's chop. I think it's actually chop, isn't it? How much wood could it wood? Could it chop or wood? I don't know. <laughs> Is it? How much wood could it? Wood could it wood? No, I think it's cut. I don't know. 
<laughs> do, you a, do you have a log burner at least? No, I don't. Oh, oh well, yeah, no, we do have like a, a a wood stove, but it's not like a. Mm-hmm. It, we need a we need a better one. We need a whole yeah. fucking fireplace, a big one. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> and a nice a nice chair that we can do you can do the podcast in front of. Yes, yes. Fall, fall asleep. <laughs> oh, Chuck, that's it. How much wood? How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? There we go. Thank wow. you, Eunice. Thank you. you. Um... I've practiced it before. <laughs> um so yeah so we're going to talk personal hygiene and the reason is obviously we didn't really have a topic because this was last minute and i had the amazing opportunity to go and hang out hang out at the british museum today which was a lot of fun um richard wakeman was kind enough to show me and Alyssa around the british museum and give us a whistle stop tour of all his favorite things which is a, it was so much fun because I feel because it's the first time I'd been there, but obviously he was saying they have seven million artifacts in that place. Um, mm. So and he said that that's not even the true number because like some of these single artifacts are like actually a bag of like flint heads or whatever. So then I'd be like sixty in there. So the right. true number the true number is they don't really know. Um, and he was kind enough to kind of just take us around and show us all the bits that maybe you'd normally miss or when you're kind of like flying around on your own, you might not understand the significance of different things. And, and it was fun. We got to look a little bit behind the scenes as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a really fun experience. Um, but in the, in kind of like the Viking area, there was some combs and he was telling me about one of the combs that had a, basically, a, a, I guess a gentleman had counted his name in the runes and said, I made this comb. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, in that moment, I was like, "Let's do an episode on uh, on hygiene," because I think that, that so many people talk about hygiene with Vikings as well. I see it all the time in in the different Viking groups on Facebook of people like saying how they were so well preened, they were so they looked after themselves so well, uh, they were stealing all the Anglo-Saxon women. That's one that right. always pop up as well. So yeah, yeah. no, that that's um, that one is interesting, right? Because um, uh, it's actually a relatively uncertain source who who's giving us uh, this uh, reference. The that was John Wallingford, um, who lived in the 13th century. Um, he uh, died around 1258, and he's writing in his chronicle, the Chronicle of John of Wallingford. Uh, that oh, well, how, how original that name is! <laughs> right? I mean, come on, man. Let's give me I'm some pizzazz. This chronicle after me. <laughs> yeah, give it a little bit of something. He was a, he was at the Abbey of Saint Albans, and um, he uh, is basically giving as part of the justification um, for uh, the genocide on the Danes on the Saint Bryce's Day massacre in 1002 he is including this little um bit about how they're so damn (laughs) well groomed um uh, and that's like part of the reason that uh uh, ethered the unready is like yeah let's kill them all (laughs) so the the, the text is the danes thanks to their habit of combing their hair every day of bathing every Saturday and regularly changing their clothes were able to undermine the virtue of married women and even seduce the daughters of nobles to be their mistresses. Dun, dun, dun. And it's like, dude, 
Um, okay, so there's a couple of things. Like, first of all, we can ask ourselves, is this a true statement? And it might not be. It might just be some random shit that he comes up with because, you know, medieval monks are good at that when they're writing little chronicles. Um, but the, the, the second thing is also, the war true, is it? Is that something you want to be broadcasting to the ages as he just did, right? Because that is a thing that we now know about the Danes in in Viking Age England, that they were cleaner than the English, right? Yeah, enough enough that you're going to write it down. So it's a noticeable amount. It's not like Apparently. a little bit. It's, like it's, it's enough that the women are getting their heads turned, so yeah. be careful. <laughs> but, um, okay, so... And the most important thing to do with this is, of course, to contrast that statement with Ibn Fadlan, who talks about the Scandinavians over in the Russian area, right? He encounters Scandinavians at the Volga River. Uh, these could be Ru uh, Swedish uh, Vikings. They could also be from elsewhere in Scandinavia. Um, but uh, he says that they have some really filthy habits, right? He's like... He says that well in the morning when they wake up they like they have like this slave girl pass around a uh, bowl with water in it and they all wash their head spit in it uh, <laughs> like blow their nose in it and then like oh. they don't change it out like he's really disgusting. Feels like I'm them. back in my rugby days. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, they they don't wash their hands after taking a dump. Like, what's wrong with these people? So you know that's a very different perspective. So. We can go in different directions with all of this. We could ask ourselves, is Ibn Fadlan correct about this? Is uh, uh, John, Wall John of Wallingford correct about his um, uh, explanation for the hygiene that the Vikings have there? Um, is, are both stories embellished somehow? Like, are both authors of these stories, like, blowing it out of proportions? Um we can also go another route when we're, when we're asking questions to these sources. We, we could say, well, we're, actually, we're talking about a, uh, a, um, a, 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 an observer who is observing possible Swedish Vikings. And we're talking about another observer who's observing possible Danish Vikings, what they're constantly referring to as Danes, at least. Um, so is there like a marked difference in hygiene in Scandinavia? The Swedes more filthy. Okay, so are we saying the Swedes are more filthy? Is, is, that, is that the Danish? I'm so sad we speaking, don't have Frederick or... on. He would be having a, a heart attack right about now. Uh, yeah, sure he would. <laughs> that, um, it, the, you know, and then there's also another thing to take into consideration, and that is um, smaller communities, subcultures. Mm -hmm. Those guys that Imfadlan runs into, they're not your everyday uh scandinavian right they're they're like proper vikings right they mm -hmm. they're a bunch of dudes who live in houses where they also according to even fadlan have like you know just like group sex with slaves and stuff like that it's like it, this sounds very much like a sort of like a psychotic warrior collective that uh that that you know maybe has generated their own little subcultural approach to hygiene as well as you know human lives and women and a bunch of other things right very different from perhaps the more sedentary uh, uh, societies in scandinavia from which we may assume a lot of those danes that were killed in saint bryce's day's massacre actually also came because they were migrants 
more than they were Vikings, right? There were people who have settled and been settled in the English area for a decent amount of time. So that's also just something to keep in mind here. We can be talking about, you know, different subsets of, of various populations, you know, just like you can find, as you said, rugby teams that are um, pretty gross, <laughs> right? That doesn't mean that their hygiene represents the hygiene of, uh, of the rest of the population in England currently, right? So yeah, there are all these different um, uh, ways of approaching this, these informations, for, you know, these sources and their information. So I was going to ask if, if there's a difference in possibly, obviously one's a source from kind of an Islamic point of view. Um, the, the original one is a Christian point of view, and obviously we have the Scandinavian. It, could, could that be a thing? Is that like Ibn Fadlan's looking at Scandinavians from a maybe a, a, an extra hygiene level of Islam? And going, you guys are filthy. And then the Christians are looking at the Scandinavians from maybe a lower point going, well, you guys are actually really clean. Could, he, could, that, <laughs> could that point a factor? So that is, um, that is a possibility in the sense that um, we are dealing with this. So uh, uh, Islamic culture um, in this time period is very focused on, um, on hygiene. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, anybody who knows a little bit about Islam knows that it's part of every uh, prayer ritual to, um, you know, go through an elaborate cleansing with water um, 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 pre-ritual, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and so that could be part of it. But still, though, he's he would like if um, I mean that. What you could say is that the reason that he's so focused on their hygiene um, rituals, so to speak, that what they do in the morning and all that stuff is because uh, he's a Muslim who is focused on that by virtue of his culture um, and religion. This is part of assessing how close people are to God, essentially. Mm. Like, um, do you... Hey, Godless is, cleanliness is next to godliness. Exactly, and that that that's uh, that's I very that much somewhere. his perspective. That's um, uh, also you know, sexual uh, activity is also a marker of how close you are to to God, and uh, you know, it's very clear that his perspective is that these Vikings are definitely not particularly close to God. <laughs> like they're, they're they're very far away. Mm -hmm. um, but the question is then, is he embellishing uh, to make them seem more disgusting? Why would he? The biggest question is always, why would he uh, load a bunch of, 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 of lies onto his description of, you know, for instance, of everything that he says about their rituals otherwise, you know, the, the burial of the chieftain and all that stuff fits perfectly with the archaeology that we have available. And there are even like these weird cross references where you can see that he has observed stuff that, you know, in context of the medieval literature in Scandinavia has like seeped into the source material uh, through mythology and cultural memory and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's like, it, it would just be weird if he, if he like, you know, so meticulously uh, described something that is so historically on point otherwise and then you know 
added a bunch of uh you know lies and and uh embellishments mm-hmm. just to make them seem grosser than they are and all that stuff it's the same with the tattoos too like he's he tells us that they're tattooed everybody's been like oh well we can't trust that because we don't have any other sources and he's like some outside observer it's like yes but everything else he says is pretty fucking accurate <laughs> like mm. it is so on point yeah i guess from my like very you know layperson's perspective i feel like i could understand him lying more from a sense of trying to downplay the the heathens and the you know the uncouth and uncivilized and the hygiene's very low rather than john I can't remember his, his second name. John. Old, it's just called old John. John. Old John. Um, I don't see why he would lie about um, them being really clean. Because so that seems that feels like an odd thing to to. That's like bigging them up and being like, they come well, up. So there's there's this couple of women. things that you have to consider here in terms of de- development of of English literature on on the English past too. Uh, the cut is the Norman invasion. Right, that the Norman invasion actually has a uh, considerable effect on how the sort of Anglo-Saxon English are being perceived um, um, after uh, after the Normans show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see this in in, in other like uh, William of Malmesbury is another example of of um, authors on or English historians essentially writing about uh, pre-Norman um, English, they do seem to make them a little more uh, savage, a little more uh, primitive than, uh, um, than, than, than how they feel about themselves post the Norman uh, invasion. Because there was, uh, this is something to keep in mind, um, the Norman invasion in, in English uh, culture it represents a huge split, right? It is. It represents a uh, societal, social, structural, uh, institutional shift, where all of a sudden we have like the, the Anglo-Saxon elites, right? Uh, the old Anglo-Saxon elite are being dispossessed um, after uh, William the Conqueror um, conquers England. This is a this is a very um, uh, intentional move on on his part to make sure that he does not have um, uh, he does not have a uh, an opposition, right? And it's actually quite interesting. There's there's a huge lack of um, of investigation and research into the role that Scandinavians actually play in all of this because it kind of looks like. The Normans, they come in and then they're like, oh, you Scandinavians over there who still have a castle here and there or descended from somebody. Um, by the way, we're also descended from, you know, Scandinavians. And uh, you, 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 you have a bunch of issues with these, this old Anglo-Saxon elite. Like, let's fuck them up together. And they're like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. That's what <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. So there's something that's happening there. And so this seems to also create a bit of a culture, like an anti-Anglo-Saxon culture later on. And that might be part of why someone like John is, is sort of like writing this kind of stuff. Like it could be him just 
actually kind of like giving a finger to, to, to the old Anglo-Saxon elites too. We shouldn't discount that at least. Um, and, and we should also ask ourselves, what is the motivation for somebody like Ibn Fadlan to so meticulously detail so many aspects of, of this uh, Scandinavian Viking culture that he encounters in the 900s? Um, and then like, just like full throttle um, lie about their hygiene um, and and not other things. Like he does not seem to be embellishing that much. This is the, this is both a, like it's kind of suspect that you have a, uh, a, a historical source from this time period that doesn't lie too much about <laughs> some, some like fringe group of people that it uh, encounters. But there's just, there seems to be very little motivation for him to do that because what he's what he's just doing is that he's mostly focused on the peoples in the region that are either converted to islam already or on the the, the verge of doing so that, that that's the people he cares about he spends a lot of time telling us about different turkish peoples for instance on his journey up there he spends a lot of time talking about um um, the the Bulgars and so on, and he just like talks a little bit about these Vikings uh, and then moves on from there. Do we? So this is a little bit off topic, but do we do we get many Scandinavians convert into Islam? Do you, do we know of many? Is it are they successful at all? So I mean, it's not impossible that there were some who did. Um, I mean, the, the ones who spent time, for instance, on the Volga River could have. Some of them could have. Because obviously we um, know of so many who converted to, to Christianity. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible. Um, so, I mean, the, the Arabian sources, they, they only once in a while would talk about these Scandinavians, the, uh, the Rus. Quite often, they're not really capable of distinguishing what they call Adrosia uh, from... Uh, uh, Sakalipa, the uh, the Slavs, right? They see they see all these people as pretty much the same. Sometimes they even also say like, oh yeah, they are kind of like the Jews too. They sort of like they all come from the same same group or something like that. They're, they're various sort of like Meh, when it comes to them. Then in, in a couple of instances, we see, for instance, there is a Rus attack on uh, some fort in i think it would now be modern day uzbekistan on the coast of the caspian sea and there is like a description of this i can't remember which uh, which historian is, is describing this but um there's a little bit of talk about how fierce the, the rus are and 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 all that stuff but but again it's 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 again sort of like more footnote style than anything else when they talk about them sometimes they talk about how they come and trade in the Caspian Sea or in the Black Sea. Um, and that's really that. So they don't, they don't really care. <laughs> that's the thing. They don't really care. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, so back to hygiene, we obviously looked at kind of the sources of, of what people have said about it, but what do we, what do we know from like a, an archeological stance, I guess, on like, what have we found? Cause we know, uh, from what I know of, we know of combs, and do we know of toothpicks or earpicks? We have one of those. Yeah, we have we have 
all of that. I'm I'm pretty sure there are toothpicks as well, little little bronze and and metal, you know, iron or different kinds of metal uh, picks. Um, ear picks formed like little spoons, for instance. Or oh, I need spoons. one. I need one of those. I'm sure, pretty sure you can get them at the Danish National Museum, actually. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can definitely get them at Viking markets in Scandinavia. Um, what else have we found? Yeah, we have combs. And combs are a really old thing in Scandinavia. It's like a marker of, of some kind of distinction. I'm a badass warrior, that kind of stuff. Remember that the oldest uh, runic inscription that we have is from a comb from Vimos in, in Denmark in the years 160 to 65 or something like that, or 70. So like that's the, the combs show up with warriors from a very early time period. And then they seem to be a stable of like warrior outfit um, all the way into the Viking age until Christianity really. So, so the, were they super common? Or were they common amongst just warriors? Would or would like every, the everyday farmer have a comb? I, would they I think, need a comb? I think they they become more and more common through that you know almost thousand years, right? But it does look like it's like originally a warrior thing, and which feels and, odd, which feels quite odd. Yeah, but okay. So so there's something to keep in mind here. Uh, and I would actually encourage uh, both you and anyone else listening to this uh, episode to check out Nordic Animism's um, very recent video on hairstyles. Um, because, okay, so what can we see? We can see that um, Tacitus talks about this uh, type of knot that mm -hmm. some Germanic warriors, they have to carry this knot. Um, and... Uh, this is called a Schwabian nut. And we have a couple of uh, skulls that have been found with still with hair on them, tied like that as well. And we also have the Bracteates, these uh, golden medallions that depict some dude riding a horse. And there's like usually a bird next to him somewhere around his head. And sometimes his, his hairdo actually turns into a bird. But if it doesn't, then he's got like this cool ass like uh, Elvis kind of hairdo that turns into a bit of a mullet or something like that. <laughs> it's Ooh, like an Elvis mullet. Mullets, mullets are always cool. Some of them are also like nut tied, like so, so it turns into a knot uh, somewhere. Um, but it's also very obvious that, uh, I think at least, that it's very obvious that the... Um, but that hairstyle that is depicted on those bracteates um, is, is combed. So what might be the case is that we have sort of like a warrior culture that is very focused on, um, on various kinds of uh, knotted and combed hair. And listeners can also always go back in our catalog and, and listen to our episode with Josh Rudd on vikings with possible dreadlocks right because we do also have that phenomenon the luva that shows up especially in context of arrow fine hair or tangle hair depending on which source you're reading um so is there focus on you know hair hygiene nice 
combed hair, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it seems like it's a very old thing. Um, did they also use that for their beards? Probably. Look at, as you mentioned, the Oseberg. Um, look at the little carved heads on the Oseberg ship. They seem to have nicely combed beards and such things. So that was definitely a focus. And that might actually be the origin of uh, John's little report on the, um, the, the, the Scandinavian hygiene, because they did definitely comb their hair a lot. And oh, that, that was old, definitely... Old yeah, old John. <laughs> oh, John has no idea what he's done for, for the Vi <laughs> Facebook Viking community because the amount of times I see him, his quotes <laughs> pop up is unreal. I have to pull his back. So Ali says, no, do not start the mullet as a trend with the Arsaburos. I think the opposite. I think we <laughs> accept the mullet as a true Viking hairstyle yes. and get the Viking bros fucking on with the mullet. I think we change the game. We just make up. All we have to do, we have to, okay, we've got, okay, so Ron is, is we brought on our social media manager. So now we need to get Ron to make a bunch of memes saying that Vikings had mullets and just a bunch <laughs> of like little quotes from you saying that, oh yeah, Vikings had mullets. And then we can just, spread them out across all the Facebook groups. <laughs> and in like in like two years time all the tv shows are gonna have vikings with mullets there's gonna be a bunch of people with milliners walking around with mullets and it will be fucking hilarious and and, and a mustache a small mustache oh yes oh not not too small not not, not, not too like small not, not, not like a little mustache small, a little no. bit longer a little bit yeah. longer than that and like really really tight denim pants oh we could do this I think now, hey now we've got Ron on board. I think he's the man who can uh, we can we can really start can to we talk with people, people into also wearing suede jackets again, <laughs> just for the yeah. fun of it. Vikings oh, did can, that too, guys. <laughs> we can really start to troll the, the Viking bros with with our with. <laughs> okay, so fun. there's more to the hygiene stuff. Um, so I don't remember exactly what where we have that find from, but from the Viking Age, we also have what appears to be the first tools to iron your clothes and make it nice and smooth. Um, these were rocks that Vikings apparently used to, you know, smooth out your clothes instead of being all like uh, curled up after washing and so they cared about that too. How creased did, does like, because they were, it was mainly linen? How creased mm, does linen get? Flax, linen, yeah. Wool. Does I get, does I I get don't creased? Know, man. I don't know. Um, but there's, there's got to be some like popular article on this stuff. Um, I mean, is there, that's a whole other level of there, like, ironing i mean it's not ironing but it's the same principle um that's very that's really interesting to think that they care that much i don't care about that much so i don't know what it says about me <laughs> i need to start rocking my shirts rock ironing rock ironing is that there's like that ironing boards that show up um yeah i feel like you're trolling me right now Nah, I think you're trying to nah, feel like nah. you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to play my own game against me. No, no, no. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, the problem is is also English. Um, I, I mean, I love when we get something 
something like this that completely it sounds insane so i'm trying to think even how it would work would you get one flat rock and then get one round <laughs> that's kind of an hilarious thought now it's like a flat rock and then a, 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 a viking man with his mullet stood there with a with a rounded rock with it laid out just kind of like ironing it with a with a I feel because like, it'd have to be like a smooth pebble like one to really get in there or would he would it be like a flat completely flat one but then there's no heat wait what <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm confused as to how this works um sorry um I I I just I, I, I fell down a rabbit hole of, of Danish articles on Vikings and um, he's, uh, he's like, maybe the Vikings weren't, this is like a headline. Maybe the Vikings uh, weren't just men and women. Maybe they were also uh, not just queer, but Latino. And it's like, wait, what? Okay. The, yeah. The, the only problem is that the Danes don't really understand what the word Latino actually means. Like they 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 they, ref, they 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 want to say Southern European and that's not Latino. <laughs> like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, that's like, a that's definitely a different oh, thing. My people, um, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, okay, the rock thing. I had an idea. Yes. What if what if they just hung hung them up and then hung rocks from the bottom to try and stretch it? Oh yeah, flat. Could, yeah. I, that's how I, I do it. Yes, that sounds like a good idea. Um, it doesn't sound like a bad idea, at least. So I, I wouldn't stop you if you tried to do that. Um, but do we I know mean, the official way? A new, no, I don't. At least I, I was trying to find an article on it, and it's not really giving me much because I need to calibrate language to properly. Okay. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna revisit this. Yes. Yes. We'll revisit once we know more about the yes. the rock ironing. And hopefully you've not just made this up to make me sound stupid. No, I did not just make it up. Um if I if I didn't make it up, I would be the one sounding stupid. <laughs> yeah, but not if not if you played along now and were smart about it and were like, yeah, I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> well, I mean, we could do a bunch of sound bits and then we could just have Shan put in the one that fits. <laughs> yeah, why would you just let's just say a bunch of wild shit and then Shan can just fix it. Yeah, Vikings ironed with rocks. No, they didn't. Shanker they just absolutely did not. <laughs> Shanker just fixed that in post now. <laughs> okay, so we have combs, which we which seemed like a, a warrior thing, which I find quite interesting. But then, I guess, like you said, it comes down to maybe a, there's a warrior hairstyle that fits when going into battle. And I guess also if you have, okay, is I guess is it most common that most people had long hair rather than just cut short hair because you I, you always think of me personally anyway when i think of anybody pre <laughs> pre like 1900 everyone's got fucking long hair really? everybody <laughs> unless unless they've got like floki where they're just going bald everyone's got long hair everyone has long luscious gl like jesus-like hair do and you that's not how know about the danish haircut though obviously not but this is, okay. this is how i picture everyone from back then is like just really long luscious hair so the so the supposed danish haircut is a 
uh, a style where you basically shave the 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 back half of your head. Oh, okay. Um, yes, I have the seen the front. It. Yeah, the front is like, um, you know, you just like leave that hair, and then the back is just all shaved. You, you know, the Bayo Tapestry is a great example of that haircut. You find it all over there on the, the uh, Normans. Um, and and this is supposedly a a haircut that the Danes had, uh, the Danish warriors. And then there's been a bunch of theories on like why they had that and you know someone like some some dude was like oh yeah it's totally because of like this like like warrior tactic where they would pretend to get scared and then they run away and as they ran away nobody could like grab their their hair well <laughs> Fuck off. yeah this is like 19th century musing on it i mean i think it's much more likely that they cut it like that so that the hair wouldn't get tangled in their uh like ring male coats like mm-hmm. Like for sure, because that's got to be painful. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know how 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 much that happens. You could also braid your hair if you wanted to avoid that. I guess um, if you had long hair. But that's but, that's what I was. That's what kind of got me onto this subject of asking if everybody had long hair or not, because it seems originally it seemed odd that warriors would have combs. But then when I started to think about it, certainly if you had long hair, that's going to get in the way. The way if you're in a a battle situation. I know when I was doing a lot of jujitsu, when my hair was the the sole reason that I cut my hair short at the time was because I was doing jujitsu and it was like in my way and it just kept getting tangled and it was in my eyes and I was like, "Fuck this, you're too annoying." So that's me on a very basic level. It's not even for like life or death. So if I was in a war war situation, I'm like, okay, then of course you're gonna want to keep it out of the way or tidy it up or braid it or do something. Yeah, so, um, so, well, we know a decent amount about hairstyles in the Viking Age, and we also know that it was not, it didn't seem that common to have long hair, like long, long hair. We, in the depictions that we see from the Viking Age, uh, we see bowl cut, like, that was a, that was a pretty fashionable hairstyle back in the 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 800s across europe and it's thanks to the franks the franks they were the ones it's been a popular haircut from lazy parents since the start of time (laughs) exactly but (laughs) but it started at the french court so (laughs) (laughs) um so the bowl cut um was was pretty common in viking age scandinavia then you also have other kinds of like short hairstyles um, and as I mentioned, you have that presumed warrior hairstyle, the Danish warrior hairstyle, where you shave the back of the head. Um, and and it's like, the thing is, though, that it looks like very long hair is like a female thing. Like if you look at uh, depictions, the only ones that seem to have very long hair are f- figures that present as female. So... Um, now it, it might be because that um, you know it, it is possible that you have a development that starts like in the early Germanic period is like long hair for warriors. They tie it up in a knot or braid it, um, which we also have some examples of braided uh, hair as far as I remember. And then you know uh, that is like a status symbol that that becomes very solidified in the warrior elites. 
and then uh, what happens later on is that it you know slowly fades when Christianity becomes more and more uh, imposing because it probably has some kind of you know religious significance and context in a pre-Christian context, right, or culture. So maybe it's like something that has to do with like being one of Odin's warriors, you also have that man bun or something like that. And now I totally played into the hipsters. Um, that's a possibility. But uh, honestly, we don't know that much about it. Like we do know that um, that there is like this um, this reference in, in several instances in the mythology to not combing or cutting your hair until you have performed a killing that you've sworn to do and it's the same thing with Harold Finehair he's said to have not wanted to cut his hair until he had conquered all of Norway so there's like that little little context for it as well you could swear that and you know and that's why I didn't cut my hair for like four like I said didn't you years. do this, did <laughs> yes, you do this? I, did. I did I did um until that you made was... a solid drum and bass track <laughs> until you reach until you reach number one on the Danish charts. <laughs> until I until I got to play that illegal rave in that particular uh, <laughs> parking goes. garage somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so so there's that you know little little thing as well that that it does seem like it's a sort of like an Odin associated phenomenon too not to comb or cut your hair, I guess, at least not cut your hair uh, until you perform that particular duty that you swore that you wanted to do. So, you know, what does this leave us with? It leaves us with a lot of um, different um, pieces of information when it comes to the likelihood of warriors and Scandinavians in general in the Viking age and before being, you know, well-combed, long-haired, short-haired, shaved. Um, like, honestly, just kind of like there's a really lot know. of different... Well, it's complicated, man. <laughs> yeah. It does look like there's a lot of different ideas, really, on, on the subject. And you know what? That makes perfect fucking sense, right? Because how does it look today? There's a lot of different ideas on what looks cool and what doesn't look cool. And you have Did some trends and so on. Did they have an undercut? No. no. The undercut was not there. I'm sorry, man. The <laughs> Me undercut... and Jonas Lorenzo were talking about this. We were like, we've got yeah. the undercut, so we... <laughs> I know, but, you know, that undercut, that's from the 90s, man. <laughs> the problem is with the undercut is that once you commit to it, you're stuck because you can't grow the fucking thing out because it's too long on the top. To grow the size without looking like a knob, so you just gotta you gotta ride the undercut till I die. Now, <laughs> I mean, I'd say there's there's ways around it. You know, you could you just shave the whole thing off. No, I can't do that. I'm getting to a certain age; it might not grow back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not insecure much. Uh, okay, what about bathing? Because I, I'm always confused as to how important they saw this or how important. I, I guess it's easy from like a modern perspective. We just jump in the shower every day and clean. Mm -hmm. It's not particularly hard. They're in our houses. It's it's simple to do. 
Um, so yeah, how I guess like how important was it for them? Because obviously you mentioned old old boy John at the start mentioned that they bid once a week mm-hmm. um, or once every Saturday. So does that mean that Christians were bidding much less than that, or at least Anglo-Saxons were much less? Um, oh, I think I think that's rough. very regional. Actually, again, we're dealing with very regional cultures. There are some some cases we see people bathing more, in some cases people bathing less. In the medieval period, we know that... Like today, then. <laughs> yes, exactly like today. Um, we know from the medieval period that, uh, or in the medieval period, that um, bathhouses are pretty popular throughout Europe. It's like you, you, like in the 1300s, you'd be able to go to a bathhouse anywhere in Northern Europe where there's a town, right? So, you know, like in Bergen, there would be a bathhouse. In Lübeck, there would be a, bath, a bathhouse. In, in Stockholm, there would be one and so on, right? So, so that's, that's, you know, standard thing in, in urban environments to have bathhouses in the medieval period. And then they start getting weird about bathing later on in the early modern period. Um, and that's how perfume was invented. And... Like that's that's pretty standard. We can also see like in the sagas, for instance, like the Icelandic sagas, that you know, bathing in you know, volcanically what do you call that? Thermo volcanically heated pools in Iceland was a common thing as well. Like if you go to Reykjavik in 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 Iceland, you can see Smurri's uh, little uh pool you know um so they did that in iceland um for probably from the very beginning i I mean i would Mm. if i you yeah of course you would (laughs) so i guess it depends maybe where yeah where you are and your accessibility to clean running water i guess the easiest place to bathe is a a lake or a stream something yeah like that way you can just dip in and out yeah um because the other thing i guess i wouldn't say what about cleaning clothes like how eat because it's not like again things that we just take for for granted as you just put your washing machine on and hang it outside or put it in the in the dryer um mm-hmm. but you couldn't do that back then especially like woolen clothes anything well everything really like the linen all that stuff is just holds water and gets heavy so i imagine you don't want to wash it too often because well, it's just yeah, a pain I mean... to dry if you need to to uh, to use it, right? You, you can't just like wash it all the time. Um, well, but we know how does that work? You go to to the river and then you you know dip it in the water and then you um, if if you have soap, um, then you use that on it as well, and then you hang it to dry after beating it on a rock for a little bit and like spinning it and all that stuff. Um, is that a different rock that you used to iron it? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, for a lot of people, I think that clo- clothing was probably more like, a, well, I have I have this pair of pants and I have uh, this shirt. Maybe I have an extra one. You know, we have plenty of folk tales about somebody being given a shirt um, mm-hmm. or folk songs for that matter. He's, got this shirt his um his wife made him this shirt you know that kind of stuff so like i mean people do have maybe like a selection of clothing items but um 
definitely not at the same level as we do today right so so in that sense there's probably also somewhere in winter clothes that you know you, you wear this set of clothes in the winter with that set of clothes in the summer mm-hmm. um so it's not like it's, again it's tough because we it's can not only... going to get washed that often that's no, sure. we can only think of like modern modern times and you know we can just go to fucking primark or like the whole fast fashion thing and we've all most people listen to this are going to have numerous changes in outfit and different t-shirts trousers jeans all these you know all these different things um but i guess back then it was you had they said one one pair of trousers and a top of some sort like a tunic and then that was that was it you did everything in it yeah yeah and um and 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 you also have to consider that uh these smells of these um these clothing items were more varied right because you would be spending your time with uh humans with animals with fires you know there'd be there'd be a lot of smoke for instance in a in a typical um medieval household viking age household you know and so so in that sense you know whether or not you you and your clothes smell particularly like armpit doesn't really matter man <laughs> like mm-hmm. because the entire world is an armpit like everything mm-hmm. okay. i just picked up on something from the chat and it's not actually related to this topic but i'm going to put it to the the chat um well i'm going to re- relate to this conversation is is women and like periods like do we have any any because obviously that's happened since the start of time um do we have any like idea how that was dealt with um was there any reference to that in any anything i guess like do we know because i obviously like I say it's been there forever and it's been something that's had to be mm-hmm. i don't know if dealt with is the right word um but yeah that, that's got me curious as to if we know anything about that or i assume in like most cases because it's women usually they're not the ones writing down and unfortunately in these cases it probably doesn't get mentioned as much as it should I can't remember uh, any sort of examples of direct reference to 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 um, um, a woman being on a period and, and, and menstruation as such. Um, but we do have at least one scholar's interpretation of um, Thor's journey to Gerrider, where Thor first has to cross this river that um, one of Gerrida's daughters is, you know, said that in, in the story it says that she's making it rise. And in scholarship, that has been interpreted both as, well, she's like literally like peeing the river. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, golden shower for Thor. Because um, hey, we, we don't kink shame on here. I'm not kink shaming. I'm, just I'm saying not saying you are. I'm happening. just saying. I'm just clarifying. We do not yeah, kink shame. Whatever falls into, or whatever um, you're into, you you knock yourself you do out. You man. But there's also I, there's also been suggestions that this is some kind of like mythological reference to menstrual cycles and um, and all that stuff. And uh, Thor, you know, uh, shuts down that uh, stream with a hammer. No, not a hammer. Uh, a, a rock. He throws a rock at her. Um, 
So who says romance is dead, eh? <laughs> right. So like, oh, these Vikings, so charming. Um, no, so so there's, I mean, that is a like a possibility that that has something to do with menstruation, but um, but sort of like more of uh, detailed descriptions of that and um, you know, ideas of like being hygienic and hygiene that goes with it and all that stuff i i can't remember any any distinct examples of that um i mean it could there could be a reference here or there in a saga that's not impossible mm. i mean what is it laxdale saga that begins with somebody complaining about the size of her husband's dick so there's that for instance and oh, bless it's laxdale imagine going down <laughs> in history for that imagine that sort of goes down in your you've gone down in history as that and us <laughs> to speak about it fucking 800 years later or whatever like a thousand years later like oh, poor guy i just feel like if there was a reference to menstruation in the saga literature i'd know about it but but i, I feel I, like it's something that, that probably if it's there it's it's a niche in it's going to be a niche mention well um, that's no, there's also the, the the possibility that it has been left out of translations it has been left out of um you know certain editions like i mean i haven't read all the sagas in old norse i've read some of them in old mm. norse others i've read in translation um and i haven't so most of the saga material has just recently been translated into danish again from from old norse and one of the reasons for that is because they wanted to include all of those dirty little references to dicks, of which there are plenty actually, um, in in the saga, uh, saga translations, because previous translations in Danish, English, Swedish, Norwegian, whatever they are, whatever language we're dealing with, have actually left out a lot of the raunchy stuff, and there's a lot of raunchy stuff in them. That that's what I was just wondering if, because I, I assume for the most part, when these were translated, they were translated by guys, and some men find women's periods to be super icky and maybe they just didn't want to mention it maybe or like would leave it out because it's like oh well it's not really important and but i guess that kind of leads into the same thing as the raunchy stuff for some mm -hmm. reason they were like i'm not going to translate this bit even though it's which is fucking insane to me that if it's there it's there who cares if it's what who cares what it says translate mm -hmm. what it says because that's what it says and we everybody has a you have a, a job i guess to do to translate as accurate as possible not to change it because you're like this is a little bit uncomfortable for me like that's so bizarre yeah it is it is but uh you know uh translators will make a lot of weird choices sometimes <laughs> mm -hmm. so so you know you you never know if if you miss something because you know it was some uptight dude who was translating it um mm -hmm. and yeah there's also uh of course always the situation that um if it's a dude who's writing it down or a dude who's translating it then he might also have his dude perspective on what is relevant and what is not and then you know dude perspectives tend to leave out menstruation but um, that's a thing that we see a lot so yeah all right, should we should we wrap this up? I have uh, a nice little dinner date to go on, which is just fun. Have fun so, with them. I will. Yeah, we're gonna go sit by the sit by the Thames and have some nice food and and hang out, which is always uh, 
How can you complain with that? That is true. How can you complain about that? Um, is it like sunny over there in? in oh in yeah, yeah. Huh. It's really nice. Really warm. That's like, that I that that bursts my bubble. Like in my head, London is always foggy. No, no, it's really warm. So good company, good food, good views. I'm gonna have a nice evening. So Sweet. that's why this is a short one. Yes, in that case, we shan't hold you any longer. No, I need to go get ready. Maybe I put my put my little beautiful face on. Maybe yes. I look good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> thank you for all the people who jumped in last minute. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Hope everyone enjoys it. If you oh, if you enjoy the show, please leave a five star rating, positive review. If you can, please follow us on Patreon. It's just the price of a coffee for either me or Mateus every month we're going to start getting back now things have leveled out hopefully we're going to start getting back to putting a lot more content on there um hopefully you're going to do something more education on there as well but it really does help us keep growing it helps us employ run to to help us out and now apparently we're gonna fuck with all the breaking bros through memes so yeah it, it really does help us keep keep growing keep getting bigger um yeah yeah the world's our oyster when it comes to that and Mateus, where can people find you you can find me on Instagram or check out my website. Uh, just plug, plug in my name somewhere and, and see what happens. Last time I put in my name in Google, the third uh, option that came out was like, Matthias Norby, dislike. I don't oh. know if it was people who dislike me or <laughs> things I dislike, but uh, either way. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep searching that now. No. All right. Everybody don't search tell me about it, man. Everybody search and let's get it to the top. Number one. <laughs> no, don't. Because last time I said that, everybody added you on Facebook and you deleted Facebook. <laughs> I feel somewhat responsible. <laughs> Just, um, no, search uh, Matthias Novik mullet. See what comes up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, or, or Matthias Novik pros. Yes, or there we go. <laughs> pros or likes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow me for whatever reason, it's Daniel underscore fire and one on Instagram, um, or obviously Horns of Odin. And yeah, thank you very much. Perfect. That's it. That's a wrap. Take care. Bye. Bye.